0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Fianta. You know what Christy Matheson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clipped together every time we've talked
1: about him on other people's profiles we've done a mickey cochran episode i can't get past rabbit marinville it's it's not necessarily hall of fame it's not necessarily above average but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore
0: and welcome to above replacement radio where we're talking baseball kind of whenever i'm your host Christiana. over there on the other side of the screen is daniel curran how you doing daniel
1: Chris I'm doing well today we got some breaking news about 30 minutes before we started the show so uh yeah I, that hasn't happened for a while I feel like breaking news right before or during a pod
0: yeah no yeah like uh, there's I think there's been some goodies uh while we've recorded maybe maybe there's yeah. I, f- I forget if it was like Jace Tingler or Luis Rojas got fired during one no, of it our, was uh Mike Schilt Mike Schilt got fired yeah. during one of our that podcasts. was way
1: back though that was last season
0: yeah last season but yeah true been a while i mean uh for three months there there literally was no news in uh in major league baseball um given the lockout but yeah exciting stuff um joe girardi of the philadelphia phillies has been fired after uh was it now two and a half-ish years of managing the club yeah um the Phillies got out to a 22 and 29 start uh, to their season. Um, you know, disappointing for sure. And uh, they fired Joe Girardi. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on uh, on this firing?
1: My initial thoughts is that it makes sense. The Phillies have been have are what are they 22 and 29 right now? I believe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're
1: 22 and 29. They are 12 games back already in the uh NL East and it's we're not even two months into the season I know it's June but the season started April 7th so uh this has just been a rough go for them obviously like they do have the best team in the National League in their division so it's you know it's hard to be like well how do they stand up to the best team in the National League that's not fair but all all of the leading teams are right within each other the Brewers are only two games behind the Mets and they would be the three seed in the NL right now so this this team has been mightily struggling. And even if you're 22 and 29 at this point, the best case scenario is probably that you're like, I don't know, like eight, seven games back. Like you're going to be far back regardless. So this is a team that every single year since twenty like eighteen maybe, we've been thinking, hey, this has got to be, be a year they get to the playoffs, right? And it's never happened. They've only had one 500 season with Joe Girardi, and it was 82 and 80 last year.
0: Yeah, exactly, for sure. And, uh, and, yeah, we we have been saying, like, this is a team that should be making a, a playoff run. And, like, you look at all the offseason dealings they've had in that time, uh, most notably Bryce Harper, also, you know, JT Rail Muto, Zach Wheeler, uh, very, you know, very big addition back in the 2019-2020 offseason, as well as, like, even little things like uh gene segura and then yeah this offseason uh kyle schwarber and nick castellanos so they've really kind even of even re-signing
1: jt Realmuto too
0: yeah re- yeah trading for him first of all and then re-signing him uh mm-hmm. for five years and uh and yeah like so they've always been making improvements to their team um you know outside of maybe i guess one specific area but still like they should be doing better than, you know, seven games below 500, uh, you know, two months into the season.
1: Yeah. See, you mentioned like the bullpen. I mean, I, you alluded to the bullpen. You didn't mention that. But like they have been making the additions, though, like you look through the last couple of years, right? Like this year, they added Brad Hand, Corey Canabel. in the past, Jose Alvarado. They added Jerry Familia this year, Ian Kennedy last year, Archie Bradley last year. Like they've tried. It just has never worked.
0: Yeah yeah it, and the, like they haven't the the additions haven't been effective like at least no. the, at least like the Bryce Harper Zach Wheeler additions have been uh effective but like yeah they they just kind of plummet um when it comes to the bullpen um and, and yeah like yeah the team has been underperforming and like you know Joe Girardi he's you know he uh it's he's not you know exactly uh, a revolutionary of sorts like it's not it's you know he's kind of a standard manager and if the team is underperforming it's not it I don't think it was uh heartbreaking at all for the Phillies to make this decision um it just like that was just kind of the guy that was available for them and they they chose him and didn't work out and uh i don't know it's that seems like they're they're all that's all it is to it i I don't really know There
1: doesn't really seem to be that much other than this just a simple baseball move that i don't think anyone's outraged and saying this shouldn't have happened like i don't know i don't know what the reaction looks like in philly right now uh because this is very fresh news let me check uh i guess like some some mentions here
0: yeah like like Joe Girardi, yeah. he's you know he spent what ten years with the Yankees, and now yeah, uh, now he's with the Phillies, and I mean doesn't seem to be like the new school, like the the very trendy new school, uh, manager type. Um, I mean the I think his biggest criticism was having uh, like Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola go a full nine catching
1: <laughs> his starters, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially just... with Wheeler's past injury history, including this year. Um, so I've seen a bit of a mix of reactions on Phillies Twitter. It's kind of it's A, it's like good thing, this needed to happen. And it's B, this isn't going to change anything, which I think both can be right at the same time. Like, yeah. I don't like I don't think this is going to be a turning point for the Phillies. I still think that their struggles are still going to exist. I do think that some of their struggles as of late specifically have been. Uh, unexpected. I mean, Chris, what was the storyline before them going into this year? It was they're gonna hit, but they're gonna play tough or pretty bad defense. They're gonna have a rough bullpen, but they're gonna hit. And they yeah. haven't hit, they have not hit since May 15th. They are they have a 222 team batting average, uh, 295 OBP, 339 slugging, and a 79 weighted runs created plus. That is the worst in the majors over that time. They also have a 0.2 F4 from their position players. Uh, which also is the worst in ma- the majors over that time period. So, I mean, the, the one thing that you expected to perform has not performed. And when the offense isn't going for that team, there's really not much that can go right.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. Especially given that defense where like, you know, pitch pitchers can do as well as they can, but uh, the defense will hold them back to a degree. Yeah. Um, like, for a statistical analysis of that, the team ERA is 405, but their team FIP is 368. So indicates they should be doing like yes almost, almost like 0.4 runs earned runs per nine better, uh, which is a little alarming, but yeah. Like, I mean, uh, if you, even
1: if you look at the rotation right now, uh, their rotation over this, um over this time period since May 15th, when since they've been struggling, uh, they have a FIP of 3, 3.09 which is the best in the National League, the third best in the majors. Their ERA is at four. That's, yeah. It's almost a full run, and also that is uh, that is the 13th best in the league. So, yeah. yeah, the defense has been holding them back, but that's kind of what we expected. Like yeah. I mentioned, though, if the offense isn't going, there's nothing that really can go. The only thing that's been performing is uh, the starting rotation. Another stat on them, since May 15th, they lead the league, all of the major leagues, in k rate minus walk rate 22.4 percent oh nice yeah um, like wheeler Eflin, uh nola gibson ranger suarez they've been doing their thing
0: yeah absolutely absolutely like uh you know it like they've they kind of have created depth with that uh with that rotation i feel like the narrative for maybe a couple of years um, at least before the season started was, you know, they got Wheeler, Nola and not much else, but yeah, now that, you know, I think Gibson Suarez and Eflin have developed into uh, some very reliable uh, starters, especially as of late as given, you know, they're fielding independent pitching, but you know, there doesn't seem, they don't seem to be getting the run support um, in the past couple of weeks. And uh, and yeah, maybe it's a and yeah, maybe this Joe Girardi move is a move to kind of you know get the get the team moving. I guess you know I don't know if that's the yeah. most analytical they're thing hiring, to say.
1: they're hiring from within. Uh, Rob Thompson has been named the interim manager. Um, I believe he was just on the coaching staff beforehand. I I mean the, he had to have been. There's no way they hired anyone else. Right. Having just fired him
0: yeah at what yeah. point
1: at what point do we think that we really know what the Phillies need because they fired Gabe Kapler and our our view was yeah they need a they need a different type of manager like they're a team that can go with an old school type of guy they hired Joe Girardi and the same thing happens like there really wasn't that much of a difference between Gabe Kapler and and Joe Girardi's tenure, and they are two very polar opposite types of managers. So it's hard to see where the Phillies go from here. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to hire for the rest of the season. I think they're kind of just going to stick with what they got because it would be weird to hire midseason when you're still trying to make a playoff push. And I don't think this will, like they're eliminated from the playoffs yet. Like I still think it's possible to make a run. It's unlikely, obviously, but, I mean, the offense has to get going again you can't really expect much from the defense the bullpen you can just cross your fingers and the rotation will do its thing
0: yeah for sure for sure um yeah in in terms of the the Phillies and I'm not even sure like I it doesn't seem like they're firing based off like an uh like a baseball ideology thing like they need a different type of manager. It's probably more of a a clubhouse move. Like maybe, maybe they just think, uh, you know, Rob Thompson is going to connect with the players more or that Joe Girardi just wasn't doing his job, uh, you know, managing the clubhouse uh, as well as he should have not indicating that the Phillies have like bad team chemistry or anything, but, you know, it's possible that just, yeah, Joe Girardi wasn't getting the most out of his players and they're just trying a new guy. Probably not even, probably not even a thing with the ideologues of like, uh, you know, shifting baseball philosophies uh, within management.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine the vibes are really good right now in that clubhouse. Like not even because of the firing, just simply because they're not winning. You know, it's hard yeah. for, it's hard for the clubhouse to be, to be rallying around stuff when there's no winning. And this might've just been a, this might've just been a move where something had to change. So the answer simply had to be manager.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because, like,
1: you know, the Phillies couldn't really go on with what they were, conti- they couldn't continue doing what they were doing throughout this season. They had to do something. And I mean, I guess the other options maybe were like Dave Dombrowski goes, but I don't think they were ready to do that because I don't think, I don't know how much he's really to blame for any of this. Like, how is, like, is it really his fault that Nick Castellanos is underperforming offensively and doing exactly what we knew he would do defensively? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there are a lot of offensive players that are underperforming. Do you know who has the, um, out of like, the regular players, who has the second highest uh, OPS and OPS plus among, in the lineup? Actually, just, sorry, just, um, just OPS
0: plus. Um, this, as the season as a whole.
1: Yeah, like people that, are like, you know how on Baseball Reference they'll show, like, the like the lineup? Yeah. Yeah, for this season as a whole. Obviously, Bryce Harper has been the best offensive player, and he's been playing with a torn UCL. But who do you think has been the second best player on this team offensively?
0: Um, well, if it's a surprise, I would guess uh, Gene Segura.
1: He's actually injured. It's Oduble Herrera. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, they signed him for less than $2 million this year. Uh, he's played 31 games. He's had only 100 plate appearances, but he's slashing 274, 307, 484 for a, for a 791 OPS, 123 OPS plus. Most of those are second best on the team.
0: Yeah. So it's not Castianos, It's not Kyle yes. Schwarber. It's not JT Real Muto. Uh, not Alec Bohm.
1: <laughs> no, it yeah. is Odubel Herrera this guy who just somehow can't find his way out of Philly.
0: Yeah. He's just, yeah. He's uh, basically, yeah. The equivalent of, of Mike Schmidt uh, staying in, staying in Philly forever. Um, yeah. He's uh continuously there, but yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the move. Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's not surprising.
1: No, I would say that. Um, um, yeah. Side note, they also have negative 21 outs above average that is tied for the, la- for the worst in the league with the Colorado Rockies.
0: Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, Dodgers, I mean, uh, by the way,
1: have negative nine. That's kind of crazy.
0: I thought I, I thought I looked yesterday and I thought the team in last had less, but maybe I had a filter on it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna look at these. Look at these rankings. Yeah, yeah, tied for last. Um, who was negative nine? The Dodgers, you said. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They're weird. Um, it is very weird. But they do shift a lot. So like, I don't know. I guess they don't have guys moving as much.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The Blue Jays shift the most when they have four.
0: So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, Phillies. Yeah, Phillies defense expecting. Uh, or performing as expected and uh you know it's it's as you say when the offense is down the team is down and that's what's happening
1: even with the starting pitching doing what it does you know you have bad defense that's going to cancel out a lot of the good starting pitching you have a bad bullpen that's also going to do the same and you have a bad offense you're not going to get anything to support it
0: yep 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 for sure um all right so what do you think if you were to take a guess, who is
1: who is the next manager that they hire? Um, It's funny. Like, let's isn't, just.
0: Isn't Sam Fold, like, their general manager?
1: Yes, and he wanted to manage. Yeah. But I feel like he's going to stick in the role he has now. But it's, I could see him getting hired as a manager.
0: Yeah, because it's funny. Because, like, it's weird to be general manager when Dave Dombrowski is president of baseball operations. Um, yeah. Like, I remember in 2016, uh, like, Mike Hazen had that role, and, like, you never heard, like, oh, Mike Hazen's dealing right now. It's, you know, it was Dave Dombrowski. Was he even, know, like, at the press conferences? I don't even know. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he eventually went on to be the d GM, I believe, yeah.
1: Yes, he uh, still is.
0: And, yeah, still is. But, like, yeah, Sam Fold, um, I- I'm wondering, like, yeah, he wanted to manage – and he was seen as like the top managerial candidate of 2021, along with like Alex Cora and maybe Will Venable. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I wonder if there's a pay gap between GM and manager, if if it favors manager or GM. But um, I'm I imagine it's something like Dave Dombrowski would talk to Sam Fold about if the, if Dombrowski's still there for 2023.
1: Do you think if they wanted to hire from within like they did, they would have just put Sam Fold there, or would have been a weird to change manager and GM at the same time midseason?
0: Potentially, and it's it might be a weird transition for him to go from mm-hmm. front office to on the field, like immediately, right away, like right in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, Thompson's what their bench coach.
1: I am checking that right now.
0: It'd be funny if he was like. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's the like assistant coach. GM. Side uh, note, he's
1: actually older than Joe Girardi.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe it'll be a nice. Uh, the Phillies' assistant back.
1: pitching coach and director of pitching development has has the exact same name as one of my music teachers in high school.
0: Yeah, nice. I'm just
1: noticing that now. That's pretty cool. Good, good for him that he uh that he moved on
0: yeah <laughs>
1: definitely definitely did not know he was that like weird that he didn't coach my team when i was in high school and he was there but yeah i mean i was with the phillies
0: yeah they just saw his music teaching ability and was like that can carry over to baseball
1: yeah he's like he can you teach this guy how to throw a cutter
0: yeah he yeah he actually is the reason ranger suarez had a one three six era last year
1: <laughs> yeah
0: uh he you're... actually
1: advocated for him to be used as, as a starter
0: yeah
1: (laughs) he started out as a reliever and he was like hey this guy can go long innings
0: yeah yeah he he started struggling once they stopped uh listening to him yeah i don't know i don't know why they ever stopped um but yeah uh so yeah the phillies the phillies um i don't know like they're they're kind of uh they're they're kind of funny like uh they're they're sort of they're almost like at lol mets territory. They're not they're they might be they're not like quite there and they don't have the long track record of it, but they, you know, keep this going for a decade and they're they're there.
1: I don't even think that. I think give the Mets a championship this year and it's low Phillies. Yeah. Like it could it end is. this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like it just like seeing how some of these games have ended for them and just have gone for them in the late innings it it and seeing that the mets have been doing the opposite this year yeah it's uh i think there
1: there's two factors one of them is mets win a world series another is mariners make the playoffs oh yeah because if the mariners make the playoffs the phillies have the longest active playoff drought in baseball
0: that's crazy yeah
1: you know, it's very funny. I was just looking. Uh, they're on Sunday Night Baseball in, like, a few weeks against the Cardinals, which I guess is a good team, but it's, like, thrilling matchup.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, like, two, if you were optimistic before the season, two s- potential second-place teams.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I had the Phillies win in the division. I'm pretty sure I did.
0: You had them – uh. Winning the division,
1: I'm either fin- or either winning the division or finishing second. You didn't
0: have the Braves. I think you. I think you. I think you had them as the four seed.
1: Maybe I had them as my NL sleeper team, and I'm dead wrong right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had them in second place, and yeah, that doesn't look to be and a playoff team, and that doesn't look to be um. Look to be anything promising. Uh, I'm just looking to see uh, what other games are happening that Sunday. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at uh that week with Phillies Cardinals as Sunday Night Baseball. And yeah, there's some good matchups. There's Dodgers Padres.
1: Yeah, how is that not it?
0: Giants, White Sox, Astros, Angels, uh, and uh Blue Jays Rays. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Blue Jays Ray, like, yeah.
1: The I also wish Sunday night baseball would cater to more than five markets a year. Yeah,
0: like the blue. Like Jays... every
1: single Sunday, it's Fenway, Yankee Stadium, Bush Stadium, AT and T Park or Oracle Park, Dodger Stadium, City Field, Truist Park, Citizens Bank Park, and like that's it.
0: Yeah, Field. The Blue Jays were projected to be a very good team. Uh, Rays always projected to be a very good team. I understand that like not a lot of people want to yeah. watch the Rays, but the Blue Jays aren't a team where like people are. Not lining up to watch them. I, yeah, think I wish,
1: I wish Sunday night baseball would be more like uh, the Sunday night football game and not the Monday night football game.
0: Very true. Yeah, like yeah, Sunday yeah. night
1: baseball should be the match, the best matchup. It shouldn't be the team that everyone knows. Yeah, like Cardinals Cubs isn't a fun matchup this year.
0: It's Philly's not. Mets <laughs> Philly's
1: Mets isn't a good matchup this year.
0: The Cardinals I know, and I know Cubs. that
1: I know that they. Yeah. I know that they scheduled Phillies-Mets, you know, before the season and the Phillies are supposed to be better, which is not their fault, but, like, Cardinals-Cubs and also, like, Reds-Cubs is the Field of Dreams game, too. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I know Philly. that they're they're picking the Field of Dreams game because of location, but, like, that's that stadium seats, like, 8,000 people. Like, I promise you, if you put, like, a Dodgers game at the Field of Dreams, you will find enough Dodgers fans to fill that stadium along with... I don't know, like, I don't know who's another like East Coast team, like Dodgers Mets. If you if you put the Field of Dreams game as Dodgers Mets, I promise you, you could find enough fans to fill that stadium.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a fan issue is necessarily like uh, having having two teams travel like two thousand miles game. to for one game, <laughs> but still why yeah just, I mean, like just keep just keep the White Sox out there at least they're like a yeah good team or have the Cubs face a, a better team than the Reds have
1: Cubs White Sox out there yeah
0: why not yeah they're fun um yeah, yeah but it's like yeah it's Philly's Mets like at least three times a year which is frustrating because
1: I mean if we're just brainstorming ways to make a one game series far away work what if you did like an interleague matchup that's a two-game series, but you had an off day in between. So it's like, I don't know, like Dodgers, Dodgers-Yankees. They play on the, at the Field of Dreams on Tuesday. They have an off day Wednesday. They play in New York Thursday. And that's a two-game series, and they play two in L.A. later in the season.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be – like that for sure. Um, but, yeah. Uh... Or uh, just have
1: the Reds play the Savannah Bananas. True, that
0: works as well. I think that would be even matchup. Pretty even, yeah. Yeah, I know who
1: everyone is going to want to win. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah, the the Phillies fired Joe Girardi. Um. So uh, another team that uh, is struggling as of late, and I think I think just weekly we're just going to have a a um a Los Angeles Angels legitima- legitimacy check
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh right now they they're they're falling a little bit
1: they are not legit right now
0: they're not legit they are if yeah if if some teams are too legit to quit uh the, the Angels have they're, quit they're quit right now <laughs> Their, their 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 legitimacy status is quit <laughs> um, <laughs> until further notice. Until but, until
1: Mike Trout gets a hit. Yeah, <laughs> he's over his at least last ten. Yikes!
0: Um, must be in a so lot of uh, to- three uh, what two two counts uh, on the road
1: on the road in the fifth in the inning f- in the
0: fifth inning. I
1: did. I actually checked it the other day. He did not. Actually, he played two games yesterday. I suppose. I don't think it's possible though, because the Angels scored one run in each game. He definitely didn't, he definitely couldn't have gotten a hit in that situation last night because Jamison Tyon was throwing a perfect game until the seventh or until yeah. the eighth, I guess.
0: Yeah. For those unaware of what we're talking about, uh right, right at the peak of lockdowns, we uh we discovered that Mike Trout was at the time 0 for 18 with uh in the fifth inning on the road. Through a two-two count, um, and was there another filter?
1: Uh, no one out.
0: And no one out, and no one out. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, it
1: can only really exist, like since Mike Trout's at the top of the order, you can only really come up to start the fifth inning if the offense like scores, or if they got if they get guys on base, basically.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Um, but yeah, the Angels have lost eight in a row um yes so not the best uh there's good teams sec- as well uh what was that to two good teams as well um yes yeah they they have been they have been doing it yeah they they lost a four game they took a four game sweep to the uh to the blue, the blue jays, jays and just took a three game sweep to the yankees who um you know are two very well like Probably will be in the playoffs. Uh, you know, two two teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh yeah, I'm just looking at the standings now. The two top teams in the American League East. Um, Angels are still in second place in the AL West. Um, probably have fallen in the in the wild card ranks, but actually no, I think they still would have a wild card spot in the uh, in the modern playoffs. But but yeah, they've lost eight in a row. Uh, it seems to be their pitching that has been the problem, um, especially starting. I think they've just had a bad like turn and a half through the rotation, um, and yeah, Mike Trout has been falling a little bit. What what have you been thinking about this? Uh, about this eight game losing streak.
1: I mean, I know that the Angels get a lot more have a lot more pressure to do well and are therefore under a bigger microscope than most other teams because they have two generational super superstars actually 3 if you count taylor ward. Yeah, but I don't want to overreact too much because teams are going to have, you know, ebbs and flows over a 162 game season and an eight game losing streak might just be a a, a bigger low I guess. And I'm yeah. not ready to cancel the season yet, but I feel like this does cater a bit to my belief that I had a couple pods ago that we could be looking at the Angels as the seventh best team in the American league based on a record.
0: Yeah. Uh since May 25, they have a six three nine ERA, which is uh, and that's when their losing streak started. Six three nine ERA, which is second worst in the league. And the only team uh worse than them is the Rockies, which first of all, it's you know, Makes Rockies sense. rotation isn't great, and second of all, coors, um, It'd be funny though if they if it was all road games. At, how at many
1: more. how many runs did they give up to that doubleheader the other day? By the way,
0: uh, the Angels yesterday only. Yeah, uh, or no, no,
1: no. The uh, the Rockies against the Marlins a couple of days ago.
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: It was the day that Edward Cabrera threw a ninety-seven mile an hour changeup.
0: <laughs> um, Which and the Angels' joke. starting rotation has a seven-three-two seven-three-two ERA and five-eight-four FIP. Uh, during this runs. eight game losing streak and yeah like looking at the schedule you can just see that you know like Sandoval had a bad start probably his first bad start of the year
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: Cindergard I think um I don't think was great if i remember correctly Michael Lorenzen actually had a decent start he was like the only one um Shohei was o- Shohei Otani, uh yesterday had a rough start gave up three home runs uh wasn't striking out a lot of guys and uh Reed Detmers had a rough start, but last night actually had a decent start. Um, but you know, that was kind of a rarity uh among the staff and uh Chase uh, Silseth had a had a rough start as well. So I mean you can just kind of chalk it up to a bad a bad uh turn of the rotation, and maybe you know they'll turn it around and also facing some s- stiff competition as well is gonna make things tougher. Um, but I think. You know, I'm not going to make any conclusions based off of this uh, eight game losing streak, but um, part of me is like I've kind of been waiting for them to fall and maybe they're starting to fall or maybe it's just a thing where it's a bad turn through the rotation and um, they really just face some some tough teams and some good trending teams.
1: I think the biggest takeaway you can bring from this is uh, their ability to play up to competition. Like, if they if they get swept by the Blue Jays and the Yankees, two teams that are expected to make the playoffs, what happens if they make the playoffs and have to play one of those two teams? And, you know, we'll have to see what happens when they play, like, the Twins. They haven't played them yet, I don't believe. You know, the Astros, when they continue to play them. All of the good teams in the league, the Rays, who I believe. Yeah. I mean, they, all, they already play the Rays. They, they no-hit them. But... You know, I mean, it's kind of the conversation we had about the White Sox last year, right? Like, yeah, they have good, they have a good record, but when they play teams that are better than them or as good as them, they kind of fall because the conversation for my entire life has been, get Mike Trout to the playoffs, whatever you do, just get them to the playoffs. Yeah. But if you get Mike Trout to the playoffs and we have a repeat of 2014, who cares?
0: Yeah, right. Very true. That's a very true statement. Um, because like
1: people are going to realize it's not about making the playoffs. It's about doing well in the playoffs. And we're not going to realize that until it comes playoff time with the Angels because right now getting them to the playoffs at all is a stretch.
0: Yeah, exactly. Especially if, especially in the modern playoff format where you could just get a two-game sweep and you're out of there. Yep. Um, like, no one's going to remember that. Uh, like,
1: Yeah, what if Shohei Otani doesn't even make a start because Patrick Sandoval – and like Noah Syndergaard happened to be better than him right now
0: yeah exactly um yeah and I'm looking at the the schedule breakdown for the Angels and I mean um like some of the like it's not a direct trend like they're three and four against the Astros which isn't too bad and they're uh you know they they won two out of three against the Rays but yeah I mean they just got swept by both the have Cavs the uh and Yankees and they were they're
1: gonna be sorry they're good the angels are playing in the desperation bowl this weekend
0: um oh wait who are they playing check all right i'm gonna have to scroll down <laughs> let's think of other desperate
1: teams Ooh, that's yeah. what I thought <laughs> yep
0: yep <laughs> they're playing the phillies um yeah
1: that's the, the storyline everyone knew was going to happen when the phillies and angels face each other oh my god it's the desperation bowl yeah um, not the oh my god it's mike trout and bryce harper
0: yeah, <laughs> the, the, the old 2012 debate, who's going to be better. Um, it's fun because yeah. they never faced each other. And, yeah, the, the Angels have taken advantage of, of some lesser teams. Like the A's, they're 5-2 against them. Uh, Miami, they won uh, both their games against them, and they, they had a four-game sweep against the Guardians, um, who aren't, like, necessarily the worst team in the world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Angels should be, I guess, better than them uh but yeah i guess they've fed off lesser teams haven't been as good against uh against better teams yeah i, I think i said that correctly yeah. and yeah that's funny that <laughs> it's the desperation bowl that should be an i mean at least one team is going to win that series yeah
1: so one <laughs> team is going to get a much-needed series win and then the other team is gonna just have it's a three-game series right
0: yeah yeah, yeah Friday through so Sunday. there is
1: going to be a series winner uh that's going to be an that's probably the best series to watch all weekend just for the just for that purpose alone not based on talent actually yeah based on talent Mike Trout Bryce Harper Shelly Ohtani Taylor yeah
0: spoiler alert
1: Oduble Herrera
0: um yeah Oduble Herrera um yeah like uh Brad Hand (laughs) bad hand Red yeah, Hand. Hand versus
1: Archie Bradley. Archie Bradley returned to Philadelphia that everyone is anticipating. The Archie they're Bradley
0: give... revenge games. Do you think they're gonna give him a video? Um, they got it, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, he helped you. He helped you get to five hundred, right?
0: Yeah. There's... Like he
1: had to have had a, a wins above replacement above one. Like you don't, you don't get to five hundred without Archie Bradley.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I... It's possible. I don't even know. I don't even know if he got above one. Um, I'm checking
1: right now. Yeah, he was at. uh, He was at 0.7 on Baseball Reference last year.
0: Round that up.
1: But, yeah, rounded it up, and also I feel like his F4 might have been better because I mean his ERA was probably better than his FIP. Just going off the top of my head.
0: Or FIP better than ERA.
1: It wasn't actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, just round that point seven up. And... Yeah, I mean,
1: listen, listen. So his, his, his F4 was 0. 0.3. So that's a, that's a 0. 0.5. And you round that up. He, I mean, you don't get to 500 without Archie Bradley. Yeah. Simple with, as that.
0: Without Archie Bradley, you don't have your best season since 2011. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh <laughs> and you know what it's so probably not a, wrong
0: give him a video for christ I think, I think
1: we need to uh i think we need to tweet the phillies here yeah.
0: <laughs> according to baseball reference and i guess i don't know we could go fan graphs but you don't have your best you don't have your your best uh your best record in a decade. Come on. Um, yeah. So as Daniel tweets that out, very necessarily. Um, I mean that's that's our uh that's our Angels talk. Our our weekly Angels legitimacy legitimacy check. Uh, right now they're they're on the quit side, but you know I I wouldn't be surprised me if they got back on the on the legit side. Um, so, for-
1: I got the uh, – at Phillies, I know you're busy right now with the whole manager thing, but you better give Archie Bradley a video tribute tonight. <laughs> Send tweet.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: so, uh, it's going to be great. Yes. You know, so many, he has so many memories in his 51 innings pitched.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean
1: – A 55% ground ball rate. Yeah, How about that? They-
0: Think about those, Fantastic. all those negative launch angles absolutely uh, with the team
1: with that didn't get converted to outs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those ground balls that got through the hole after DD Gregorius couldn't, <laughs> couldn't sprawl out to get them. <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess we can talk about one more team underperforming Um so far and that's the uh chicago white Sox. Mm -hmm. they're interesting um like it's weird because like i don't know there's there's only a couple guys where you could say they're severely underperforming it i think just the team as a whole is kind of just not doing well um i mean
1: they have been riddled with injuries. They lost Robert to the COVID IL. Eloy's hurt right now. Tim Anderson just went down. They had they had to lose. A, I mean, they had a tough series in Toronto, where they were unable to use uh, Dylan Cease and Kendall Graveman, which is two of their, you know, key players.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um
1: Liam Hendricks has been. It's weird to say he's underperforming because he's been good, but you look at what Liam Hendricks has been, and it's like, well, that's not it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I was about to say, um, I I saw last night, he has seven walks this year, um, which is only, you know, it's still 2.9 walks per nine. That's better than average. But that's as many as he had last year. Yeah, Yeah.
1: thought so. (laughs) He also has three home runs given up.
0: Right, right. But
1: he has, you know, 13.7 strikeouts per nine, so whatever
0: but yeah i mean um looking at the team yeah they're 23 and 26 their team ops plus is 88 that's pretty bad and their team era plus is 92 um which is yeah it's pretty bad um yeah and you know they're, they're kind of suffering a little bit with the with not having lance lynn um also dallas keichel was even worse than last year last year or this even worse yes. than last year. This year he's DFA'd though. Yeah, he got DFA'd um, after putting up a seven eight eight ERA and a six two one FIP, and having as many strikeouts as walks this yes. year. Um, just I don't, know, uh, I don't
1: know if that is to say that he strikes he didn't strike out a lot of guys or he walked a lot of guys.
0: Yeah he <laughs> he he walked yeah he walked a, quite a bit. He had five point six k's per nine and walks per nine yeah um yeah like so that that doesn't help and you know having yeah having uh Lynn out has not been great uh i think giolito is coming back from injury so they haven't gotten as many starts as they would have liked out of him i think he missed a couple at the beginning of the year um and uh and yeah like uh they're Bullpen, you know, I they they lost Garrett Crochet before the season started, so that's a little bit of a of a falter. And then if with in terms of guys underperforming, uh, Yasmani Grandal is the biggest uh, underperformer this year. He has had a little bit of bad luck, but still, I mean, a a forty three OPS plus is not going to do it. Uh, and then AJ Pollock has not been the addition they have hoped so far. Uh, he has a 78 OPS plus uh, in, in uh, 122 plate appearances. And uh, there are also another injury. I forgot to mention Eloy Jimenez. He's back on the IL and has been for a very long time. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it, it's a mix of injuries and underperformance for the white Sox so far.
1: I'm looking at Aaron bomber right now. He has 10 hits per nine and my, my initial thought was that oh, were they just like, are they not shifting on him and he's giving up a lot of ground ball hits again? But that's not really the case. He's actually getting hit like not the way he's supposed to. He has a 53.5% ground ball rate, which is the lowest of his career. And it's over 23 points lower than last year, which obviously to, to compare him to last year isn't fair. But yeah. where those ground balls have been going has been to line drive percentage, which is bad he is not uh he is a fly ball percent of 9.3 which is down from last year he has a zero percent pop-up rate and he is a 37.2 percent line drive rate wow 37.2 that is astonishing
0: yeah league average is like 24 25 percent. i need so. to
1: see where that ranks how many batted balls against does he have 43 okay we're gonna we're gonna do some stat cast search right here
0: yeah aaron bummer because
1: that is horrendous
0: yeah, Aaron Bummer was one of our favorite pitchers last year for funny reasons only. But also he had a two nine six fifth. But
1: also he was very good. Yes.
0: Yeah, he was pretty good. Um,
1: if he was on a team that shifted, he could have had like one of the most generational reliever seasons in recent memory.
0: Yeah, I mean the guy like, had – like he could
1: have gone twenty sixteen Zach Britton.
0: Yeah, legitimately. Exa- exactly. Three quarters of the batted balls he was um, giving up. Were ground balls, which is a a good sign, because the league average, the league average uh, batting average for ground balls last year was like 240, Um, and the slugging was was probably around 240, you know, or you know, less than 300, I would imagine. What Um, we're seeing
1: out of Clay Holmes right now is what we could have seen from Aaron Bummer last year. Yeah, that's true. So his. I got I got the numbers pulled up here. His 37.2% line drive rate ranks 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9. It ranks 10th highest among the uh, at least 400 479 pitchers with at least 25 batted balls against.
0: Yeah, that's So it's very high. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh yeah, top three percent. That's um, that's that's not great. Um, so maybe there's something up with uh, his pitch location, maybe leaving that sinker up a little more than he would like. Probably.
1: That's that would be my guess.
0: Um. Yeah. Um, that, that so we have
1: already talked about a manager firing. Do
0: we think that Larus is on his way out? Um, I see no reason why not. I think part of it is like I see one reason why not. Well, yeah. Oh, the, the owner Jerry Reinsdorf um, is the one reason why not. Yeah. Well, he's. I guess. Yeah. I guess technically that that's the only reason he was ever hired. Um. Well, I think. Um, I think a lot of it also, as odd as it might sound, it a lot of it depends on what the Twins are doing because I think if the if the White Sox hover five hundred, but they're still like within reach of the AL Central. Um, I don't think there's going to be as negative a reaction from, you know, ownership and uh, front office and even just the fan base. Even You know, if they're hovering 500, but they're still within like five games of the Twins, um, I, I see La Russa just sticking around and it's like, oh, you know, they'll they'll get there eventually. They'll get to the top of that division eventually. But if the Twins start taking off and the White Sox stay the same, um, I think there might have to be a change for sure.
1: See, I think even if in that first scenario where they hover five hundred and are close to the twins, they should still fire Larusa. Like, let's not oh, forget I agree. season. Yeah, and even like, I I think the fan base would be on our side. Like, front office and ownership, maybe they'd be like, "Oh, well, they almost got there." But fan base, I feel like that fan base has got to know, hey, we were supposed to easily win this division and we didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree for I agree for sure that, I mean, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't be. managing Managing the team team
1: in the first place yeah yeah. he shouldn't have
0: been hired in the first place and (laughs) any any
1: that that hire set that team back so far like they were this is where they were supposed to be competing for a world series and they were supposed to be one of the best teams in the league like we've been preaching that I started preaching it when the Jose Quintana trade happened and based on the players they've got like there was a reason to celebrate them they got Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez in that trade for Jose Quintana
0: yeah, I mean, any any day with Tony La Russa uh, as manager of the White Sox is kind of a wasted day for that organization, to put it kind of brutally. Um, yeah, it is. It is like, uh, it 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 kind of stinks, and and yeah, I mean, like he's he's already the clubhouse already didn't have his back like last year with the whole Yermine Mercedes thing. And uh, I, I can't imagine it's gotten much better. There's no reason for him to have the clubhouse now.
1: The the greatest thing that has come out of his tenure was that one video of him running out of the dugout to like, it was either to argue at an umpire or to, like, there was a there was a fight on the field and he was just running out to like protect his guys. I'm gonna find it because it's the greatest thing ever.
0: Um, wait, what Tony was
1: Russo running? It was from 2020.
0: Oh, oh yeah you know um, what i'm talking about right i i remember the i remember uh, it the, was a him running
1: it was a collision at home plate and he was like going out to argue with the umpire about it i'm sending you the video right now because it is it is truly just go to youtube and look up tony larusso running if you're watching at home or yeah listening for because sure. it is a spectacle it is usain bolt himself
0: yeah i can't wait um and uh Okay, yeah, I'm gonna take a look at take a look at this. Tony Larusa running, yeah, it's literally that's the title of the video, and yeah, man, look at him go! It, yeah, it looks like. I'm try- yeah, it looks like um he's on a he's yeah it looks like he's on a he's running on a floor that's like about to break off but he's still trying to be quick like it looks like he's trying to be light on the floor
1: he's running on ice he's That's running like about to on thin
0: ice like yeah, his manager he's, he's like his, his managerial toes. job he's on his tiptoes but he's still in a rush it's very interesting um this whole situation uh it brought my mind back to uh, uh rogers hornsby's um uh, managing stint with the browns because i or, the uh, it's just a fun it's just a funny thing to bring back up and i i command f'd his uh, saber page and i looked for trophy and it reminded me of a situation where you know if if the clubhouse doesn't have your back this could happen um and i do this, remember uh, exactly
1: what you're talking about
0: yeah the the owner of the browns um yeah i think it was the browns um, might have
1: been the Cubs. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm looking at, at it now cuz yeah, like he so was the Cubs. Hornsby managed the the Browns for a while. Um the Browns owned by Bill Vec. Um Oh, yeah. No, I think it was the Browns. But anyway, so Bill Vec was the owner of this team, we'll just say. And uh after he fired Rogers Hornsby, from yeah from the browns um this is what happened so a quote from society for american baseball research when Vec got rid of roger in on june 8 the players were thrilled and presented the owner with a three-foot trophy that inscribed to bill veck for the greatest play since the emancipation proclamation and pitcher gene bearden said they ought to declare a national holiday in st louis so you know Maybe they can, they can give uh, the owner a trophy. Um, Jerry or, Reinsdorf
1: for finally firing the guy you that only you wanted to hire.
0: Yeah, maybe a three foot trophy would be in consideration. So maybe they should just like te- say, hey, they should just show Jerry Reinsdorf this this story and be like, hey, you know, maybe you could get a three foot trophy. See,
1: but I think like that was what nineteen thirty whatever. What year was that?
0: it was in the mid 1930s yeah
1: yeah i think the the equivalent of a trophy in 2022 would have to be a statue outside the ballpark
0: yeah or just like
1: that's a that's a big commitment like you have to be you have to be an a a1 type player to get a statue yeah that's very true like nick Foles,
0: or like or just say jerry ronsdorf he was an nft gotcha. <laughs> that too um, that too.
1: by presented by candy
0: He'll be yeah, he'll be big into that. MLB big is, NFT. MLB is like guy.
1: NFT sponsor. Yeah. They have a I don't know if you've seen Off Base. It's like a new show on MLB Network. It's very much like a it's like a talk show. Okay. And yeah. they have like a they have a segment where they present like an NFT for like a daily performance every day. It's oh. like a sponsored thing. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Here's here's Jerry Reinsdorf.
0: <laughs> um yeah i love that i mean yeah yeah just just bribe him with like a little statue if you if you fire uh tony la and all is forgiven you put in you know any other candidate um yeah so that's that's possible but anyway yeah (laughs) like it's weird to ask you know is Tony La Russa on the hot seat because it kind of depends on one one man's opinion the only one man wanted him in so I guess only one man can I guess take him out you know it's very funny
1: what if like La Russa's White Sox tenure just goes so miserably but Reinsdorf lets it go on for so long and at at some point we're like do we still think he's a hall of famer (laughs) yeah (laughs) like have has anyone ever like for like I don't think anyone's ever had a plaque removed
0: no for any reason
1: because like i know there have been reasons like i remember roberto alomar had like some severe criminal charges against him a couple years ago in the hall of fame like was like yeah we're gonna keep him in
0: yeah i think like maybe the blue jays hall of fame like or or cleveland hall of fame like changed things but the baseball hall of fame was kept him in yeah yeah um so yeah like and i don't know maybe they'll just force a retirement out of him like Oh, just looks like in uh, mid June the he wanted to retire. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I wanted to do another year and a half.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. And I wanted to bring my team to six games below 500 when they should be <laughs> when they should have the best record in the American League with a
1: with an even worse run differential. Yeah, <laughs> a run differential worse than the Baltimore Orioles. Right. <laughs> Side note: Just going back to Rogers Hornsby, it is very funny that. He is beloved and treasured by the St. Louis Cardinals, but absolutely hated by the St. Louis Browns. Like they literally said, like, we should declare a holiday in St. Louis. And like, if you're a Cardinals fan, you're like, yeah, I'll go celebrate Rogers Warnsby. Why not?
0: Yeah. Why not? Yeah.
1: The guy who led the, (laughs) led the national league in the entire quad slash line for six years. Yeah. Why not?
0: Yeah. And when, and when that streak ended, he was the manager of the, of their first world series championship. Exactly. Check out episode 72 or 74. So I think 74, part <laughs> one. If you or scroll maybe.
1: down enough, you'll find it.
0: Yeah. It's around and that range. Go to the Baseball History Series uh, playlist on YouTube. You'll find it. Um, fan, fantastic episode. We're a fascinating, fascinating player and, and guy. Nice. Um, so uh, I don't know. Does that lead into uh, players to highlight? I suppose. Um all right. So um now we get into our players to highlight for good and bad reasons and we will start off with our uh Friday, June 3rd edition of How about that? Um so who do you have for us today?
1: I'm looking at a guy from the defending world series champions, a guy who has had just about everything going right for him. William Contreras of the Atlanta Braves. He has played 19 games this season. And he has 71 plate appearances. And in that he is slashing 302, 380, 714 for a 1095 OPS. His 1095 OPS and his 196 weighted runs created plus are second best in major league baseball, minimum 60 plate appearances. His 714 slugging percentage is also the leader of the 364 hitters with at least 60 plate appearances on the year. Uh, he's been hitting more ground balls this year, but he is making the most out of the fly balls that he hits. Do you want to guess the home run to fly ball ratio that he has currently?
0: Uh, let's just take a guess of 22%.
1: Okay, uh, it's 50%. <laughs> wow. It is 50%. He has seven seven home runs on, I'm guessing... 14 fly balls that ratio leaves the 449 hitters with at least 20 plate appearances the average exit velocity on his fly balls is 100.1 miles per hour and that is tied for fifth among the 411 hitters with at least 25 batted balls so that is excellent and the last thing I will leave you with is that William Contreras also has a sweet spot percentage of Thirty-eight point six percent. That is above league average. I believe the league average is around thirty-three. The sweet spot percentage is any batted balls with a launch angle between eight and thirty-two degrees, and he has seventeen batted batted balls on the sweet spot. Chris, I'll give you another shot. Guess his batting average and slugging percentage on these batted balls on the sweet spot.
0: Uh, batting average. Um, I don't know. I don't want to over. I don't want to over guess and make the point stand less. So. I don't know He'll, he's batting uh he's batting 620 with a uh with a uh 1350 slugging
1: okay just out of curiosity if you were to overshoot or like if you were guessing just based on your mind not with the mindset of not one to overshoot what would you have guessed uh
0: maybe maybe like maybe like 750 with a Ooh. with a 2100 slugging
1: yeah He's batting 824 with a 22 for 35 slugging. (laughs) I was like, you were talking about the overshoot. I was like, there's no way he's overshooting this. Yeah, (laughs) no way. Uh, William Contreras is having everything go right for him. He's hitting the ball in the sweet spot and he's getting the results that he wants to see.
0: Yeah. William Contreras getting a. And uh, before you recorded, you asked if I, if I saw your tweet, it is, I, uh, I did. I forgot that I saw it, okay. but um, but yeah, that was a very good tweet. Check it out at Daniel underscore Curran um, about the catcher. Yeah, catcher weighted runs created plus leaderboards. Very interesting, um, and very fun, very fun combination at one and two. Um, I do not have the the guy to complete. Very unfortunate. Yeah. I was like, if if he puts Wilson because he's been playing very well as of yeah. late
1: but if you put Wilson Contreras, I would have ascended. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That would have that been, been
1: incredible. I was not going to tell you obviously, cause I don't want to influence your, how about that?
0: Yeah, uh, for sure.
1: But in the back of my mind, I was like, if he, if he picks William Wilson Contreras.
0: Yeah. By the way, if, incredible. if, uh, if anyone's curious, we never tell each other our how about that's" or slightly alarming yeah. never planned. That's why sometimes we have the same one. Um, <laughs> but it, it adds to the allure of just like hmm who's it gonna be who's it gonna be So it's it's a surprise to us just as well as it is a surprise to the listener mm-hmm. um So my how about that is um he is not on the defending champions but he was uh, he was on them last year and uh, he was the actually the World Series MVP It is uh Jorge Soler who is, uh i mean really ascending after uh, a tough start with with the marlins this year but in his last 20 games he is hitting 284 with a 1010 ops and a 182 weighted runs created plus out of 179 qualifiers in the span his slugging ranks sixth his ops ranks ninth and his weighted runs created plus ranks 10th um his slugging trails only Paul Goldschmidt, Mookie Betts, Raphael Devers, Bryce Harper, and Aaron Judge. Uh, those are all, you know, all-stars, very elite players. Um, guys who, I mean, if they haven't gotten a, you know, $100 million contract yet, they will, you know, with uh, Rafael Devers and Aaron Judge. And uh, Jorge Soler's hard hit rate. Has gone from 39% before the span, which was already good, to now 54% during the span. Uh, out of 193 batters with 50-plus batted balls, his hard hit rank, uh, his hard hit rate ranks uh, 12th out of 193, and his barrel rate has gone from 7.8% before the span to 19.7% during the span. Uh, out of 193 batters, his barrel rate ranks fifth. And also, uh, in terms of expected statistics, he's doing like as good or almost better than, uh, than his actual statistics. His expected weighted on-base average ranks 6th out of 193 batters with 50-plus batted balls. So Jorge Soler has really ascended and uh, been a, a very good hitter for the Miami Marlins over the last 20 games. And he is getting a. How about that? Um, So now we go from the highs to the lows. We were talking players and subjects that have been underperforming with our Friday, June 3rd, 2022 edition of slightly alarming. Who do you got for us today?
1: I'm going with another
0: catcher and I'm going with a guy that was
1: on a team that we talked about earlier. I'm talking about Yasmani Grandal. Because yeah. it has just been a rough go for him. He is slashing 160, 270, 213 with a 483 OPS and I believe like 170 plate appearances. Uh, his 48 weighted runs created plus is the second worst among the 181 hitters with at least 150 plate appearances. And his 230, his 213 slugging is the worst of that list. And his ISO of 053 is the seventh worst. You want to know how bad it is for him right now?
0: Let's do it.
1: Rymel Tapia has a higher ISO than Yasmani Grandal. Oh, boy. Yes.
0: The ground ball king.
1: Yes. That is is just – that's all you need to know. Yeah. (laughs) His ISO has gone down 227 points since last year. That is by far the worst decrease in baseball. Uh, Just to give you an idea of how bad a drop of 227 ISO is, Teoscar Hernandez had a 227 ISO last year.
0: Yeah. Very good. That's a guy who's
1: known for his slugging. Yeah. Which is ISO's isolated slugging.
0: Um, yeah, it it is slugging percentage minus batting average.
1: Isolated power, I believe it's actually called. Yeah. But point is the power is completely gone for Yasmani Grandal. He has 32 batted balls with a launch angle of at least 29 degrees, and he is over 32. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's one of just four hitters with at least 25 of such batted balls with nothing to show for it. He does have one sack fly, I think, which I guess, you know, one out of 32, you'd expect your 32. You'd expect one to happen to come in a certain situation. But it things just have not been going his way. And he's been one of the worst hitters in all of baseball.
0: Yeah. Did you say over uh, 32 on batted balls with a launch angle of 29?
1: Yes, you I know, mean, last year, Yasmany Grandal had a absurdly high walk rate and some great power, which made up for his low batting average, but he doesn't have any of that to bail him out this year. He does have a high walk rate. It's very funny with a guy that has a 13% walk rate is one of the worst in the league with weighted runs, created plus, but that's where we're at because yeah. of because of the power outage.
0: Yeah, potentially, yeah, potentially difference in baseball makes a little bit of a difference, but... Uh, doesn't yeah, make that I mean, much of a difference. Can't make... A, can't bring him from a like a 950 OPS to a 480 OPS. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Yasmani Grandal, slightly alarming. Um, so that brings me to my slightly alarming, um, who is uh Yuli Guriel. He is hitting, and this is a full season, yeah, like yours, it's a full season, slightly alarming. Uh, He is hitting 223 with a 623 OPS, 81 OPS plus and 81 weighted runs created plus Uh, his OPS plus has dropped 51 points from last year and his weighted runs created plus has dropped 53 points Um, and his and out of uh, 161 qualifiers, his OPS ranks 139th, his on base percentage ranks 151st and his walk rate ranks 153rd and also his expected stats are very very bad his expected stats are actually worse than his uh you know actual stats uh, which is rare when you're underperforming by that much uh his expected woba is in the 3rd percentile and it ranks last out of 185 batters with uh, 100 plus batted balls this year so pretty much out of any qualifying hitter his expected woba is the worst uh Yuli Guriel, he was one of my early how about that's from last year. And one of the things I pointed out was his improvements in uh, walk rate and chase rate. And uh, he did have a very significant improvement last year in both those categories. His 9.8% walk rate last year was, I think, a career high, um, but it has gone back down to 4.0%. So it's been cut, cut by more than half so far this year. Also, his chase rate has gone from 26.1% to 33.7%. And his whiff rate has gone from 13.9% to 17.4%. So both significant increases and uh, explains the uh, heavy decrease in walk rate. And then in terms of quality of contact, uh, not very good either. His average exit velocity has gone from 89.8 miles per hour to 86 miles per hour so over a three mile per hour drop and also his pop-up rate has increased by over four percentage points and his pop-up rate overall is 11th highest out of 185 batters with 100 plus batted balls so uh nothing's really been working for Yuli Gurriel he is chasing way more uh chasing way more balls as well as you know hitting getting a lot softer contact um even swinging and missing more. So and popping up the ball more, so Yuli Yuli is getting a slightly alarming. Um. All right. So, yeah.
1: Quickly going back to uh, William Contreras, there is a very real chance we could see both Contreras brothers making the All Star game, which would be sick. That would be sick. Yeah. Like the only thing that's stopping that right now would be William having a small sample size. But who's making those decisions? Who's picking the reserves?
0: Yeah, it's, it's the...
1: That would be his manager.
0: That would be his manager, yeah. It's not the fans, yeah. The like, if
1: anyone has seen it, even with the small sample size, it would be Brian Snicker.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, he, would just
1: need to keep, he would need to keep this up, because Wilson's probably going to be there. Like, the, A, the Cubs are going to need a representative. And, I mean, who else really has earned it on that team right now, except for, like, if you want to be really edgy, maybe, like, Keegan Thompson
0: yeah or Scott but F Ross <laughs>
1: Scott f yeah like I don't think no offense to them but I don't see them in the all-star team
0: yeah no I mean yeah Wilson Contreras has been well I mean he's been like the best catcher in baseball pretty much at least offensively yeah. um like uh especially with you know just uh if you bring in wins above replacement and offensive runs above average, um, but, yeah, that does it for players to highlight. Um, and now, yeah, we will get into uh, a preview of the weekend ahead. Uh, some of these series have already started. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we'll talk about – so I'm going to talk about um, some series to watch. Daniel will go over the day-by-day matchups that pique his interest and uh, the best matchups of the day so as far as series to watch um yeah we have uh, we have of course the desperation bowl at citizens bank park a three-game set between the phillies and angels and also you know we'll see if we can finally settle that 2012 debate of who's going to be better mike trout or bryce harper um we'll see. It all
1: comes down to this three-game series. It has not come down to the 10 years that they've yeah. played before
0: this. They'll scrap all that. They'll scrap all that to the side. <laughs>
1: One of them is playing with a new manager for the first time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it's funny to think they've their contracts were over uh 750 million combined. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um well deserved though. Uh and So then going away from that, there are some matchups between some division leaders or almost division leaders. Uh, Blue Jays are in second in the AL East and they're facing the AL central uh, leading twins. Uh, Blue Jays are on a a bit of a hot run. So we'll see how the twins match up against them at the Rogers center. Um, And then uh, there are, there is a, Brewers, Padres, um, Padres are in a playoff spot. Brewers are leading the NL Central, and you have a fantastic pitching matchup tonight, which Daniel will get into. Yes, yes, and that and is match of the night. Uh,
1: Spoiler alert.
0: And then the two best teams in the National League record-wise, their ser- series started last night. It is Dodgers, Mets. Uh, that is going to be a fun one and a and a great test for the Mets. Um, probably their biggest test of the year so far. Um, you know I guess poetically you could always say the biggest test is themselves but in terms of uh, opponents it is uh... I mean
1: when you're talking about the Mets that's actually legitimate
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> can the Mets overcome the Mets
0: the Mets yeah outside of the Mets like here's the thing the biggest test this year <laughs> you
1: know there's one constant with the Mets and it's that on July 1st a check will be written to Bobby Bonilla
0: That's true. Like
1: we will like low Mets will always exist until 2035, no matter how good the team is, because we will always have one day to laugh at the Mets.
0: Yeah. They could win the next 13 championships and they will always have Bobby Vinny a day. Yep. Um, But yeah, outside of themselves, the Mets biggest challenge is uh, this weekend against the Dodgers, which they lost last night, two to nothing. Yeah. They lost last night two to nothing. So uh, yeah, we'll see the rest of the series. What do you got for day by day matchups?
1: So, from Friday, I'm looking at, I mean, there's a lot a lot of good matchups tonight. You got uh, Miles Michaelis versus Marcus Stroman in Cardinals-Cubs. You have Alex Cobb pitching for the Giants tonight. So, the Marlins are going to get, like, 13 hits, all of them being ground ball singles. <laughs> you have Shane Bieber pitching tonight for the Guardians uh, at Camden Yards against the Orioles. You have Merrill Kelly versus JT Brubaker in Diamondbacks and Pirates. Garrett Cole's going for the Yankees at Yankee Stadium against the uh, Tigers. You have Shane McClanahan going for the Rays against the White Sox at uh, guaranteed right field. They'll be facing Vince Velasquez, which is – Rays definitely have the upper hand in the starting pitching matchup. Logan Gilbert versus Dane Dunning in Mariners-Rangers, two guys that have been quietly – been having great seasons. Jose Urquidy versus Brady Singer. Brady Singer also quietly having a very good season. Max Fried versus Chad Cool in Braves-Rockies at Coors Field. Nathan Ovaldi versus James Caprillion in Red Sox A's at the Coliseum. And Chris Bassett versus Tyler Anderson uh, at Dodgers Stadium. Tyler Anderson, by the way, has some of the best strikeout-to-walk numbers in the league. Matchup of the night comes from Padres Brewers. A lot of great matchups late tonight, but Joe Musgrove versus Corbin Burns is as good as it gets.
0: Truly. Yeah, I mean, those yeah. are like... You could argue, um, like, they're they're two of the top four pitchers in in the National League this year. Yes. On
1: Saturday, you have uh, Dylan Bundy versus Jose Barrios in the, uh, in the, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a phrase here. Dylan Bundy as like, a reestablished pitcher versus Jose Barrios who's trying to reestablish himself as what he used to be. Yeah, I guess Tristan McKenzie versus Tyler Wells in Guardians and Orioles. That's a under the radar, pretty good matchup. You have Ronny Contreras pitching for the Pirates against the Diamondbacks. Pirates have uh, been quite a story lately. They swept the Dodgers.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: at Dodger Stadium, as everyone expected. Yeah, <laughs> you have Marco Gonzalez facing the Rangers for the Mariners. You have Nick Pavetta versus Paul Blackburn in Red Sox A's. Luis Garcia will be facing the Royals at Kauffman for the Astros. Tyler Malley will be pitching once again at home. He's only been pitching at home lately against the Nationals, though, so that should be an opponent that's beatable. The Reds, by the way, have been playing some better baseball. Uh, Dylan Cease versus Drew Rasmussen in the White Sox Rays. Lo- oh, that's that's Patrick for the night. I'm not going to say that yet. Mackenzie Gore versus Aaron Ashby in Padres Brewers. That's another fun matchup. Two young lefties that have been having some good years. Uh, Aaron Ashby struck out 12 in his last outing. Michael Lorenzen will be facing the Phillies in Angels. Phillies. Spencer Strider versus Kyle Freeland. Strider has been having some great uh, strikeout numbers this year. David Peterson versus Walker Buehler in Mets Dodgers. Matchup of the night comes from or matchup of the afternoon, I should say, comes from Giants Marlins. Logan Webb versus Pablo Lopez.
0: Oh, nice yeah yeah
1: that's that's going to be good
0: they for some ground balls i'm pretty sure lopez <laughs> is a pretty ground ball heavy guy ball heavy.
1: yeah jordan montgomery will be going for the yankees in the finale of tigers yankees that should be a sweep zach please zach will be going for the guardians against the orioles zach Allen versus zach thompson in the nice. uh, all tr- not only the all zach matchup but all the all uh traded from the marlins matchup
0: <laughs> very true
1: Patrick Sandoval will go for the Angels in the finale of Angels-Phillies. Kevin Gosman will go for the Blue Jays against the Twins at the Rogers Center. Luis Castillo will go for the Reds against Patrick Corbin for the Nationals. Giolito will face the Rays on Sunday. You will have Framber Valdez facing the Royals at Kauffman on Sunday. Mike Clevenger versus Eric Lauer in the finale of Padres-Brewers. Charlie Morton will be going for the Braves against the Rockies. Frankie Montas will be going for the A's against the Red Sox. That's uh, could be a could be some Red Sox scouts at that game. Julio Arias will be going for the Dodgers against the Mets. Adam Wainwright versus Justin Steele will be on Sunday Night Baseball. And matchup of the day comes from Mariners and Rangers. George Kirby versus Martin Perez.
0: Nice, nice, nice. While
1: we're while we're on that topic, MLB Network did the greatest troll I've ever seen recently. Where. They, they have an award that they give out every month. It's called like the Pitching Hand Award. I think it's called on MLB Central. Yeah. Where it's given to like uh, a pitcher who like does well in a month and like has like a heavy workload or something like that. Hmm. And they were they were announcing it for the month of May the other day. And they were doing like a big introduction to the player. Sort of like we do on How About That where it was they did and I, verbatim. It was like. From Alex Rodriguez to Derek Jeter, this franchise has had some legendary players in their organization over the last two decades. This this left-handed pitcher is having a breakout season, and he is on his way to the top of the ERA leaderboards. I guess you could say he is just nasty. The Pitching, the pitching Hand Award winner is Martin Perez.
0: Wait,
1: <laughs> I swear to God they said that don't know why Derek Jeter was involved they could have gotten away with just saying A-Rod and like Pud Rodriguez maybe
0: um yeah wait yeah
1: like they just completely set it up to be Nestor Cortez but it was Martin Perez
0: um yeah he's never been on the Yankees no and no
1: like they yeah they completely set it up like it was yeah Derek Nestor. Jeter
0: Did they say... Maybe
1: maybe Jeter wasn't there, but I thought I heard it. Maybe it was Alex Rodriguez and Pudge Rodriguez. That would have made a lot more sense. But they definitely did show Yankees highlights during that part. And they also literally showed, like, Nestor Cortez pitching as well. Yeah. And they they ended it by saying he's just nasty because his nickname is Nasty Nestor. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. They just completely turned on the audience and was like, nope, it's Martin Perez. And it's funny because, like given the criteria of that award martin perez was probably the most deserving candidate but also i don't think i'm getting angry if they give it to cortez because he's deserving as well
0: true yeah yeah for sure yeah hmm yeah derek that was weird to the rangers and it's gonna be tough to think about
1: i that might have not happened but alex rodriguez was definitely there yeah he might have been there like i Like, I don't want to, like, you know when, like, you see something, you're like, did I see that? Yeah, Like, I'm pretty sure I saw Jeter in there, but, like, I'm having second guesses because it just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other Yankees-Rangers connections outside of, like, Joey Gallo. (laughs) I don't think they would say Joey Gallo. No. But, yeah, Pudge Rodriguez.
1: Legendary Yankees player, Joey Gallo. Yeah. Who Um, was hitting ninth last night.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That poor guy.
1: Wonder if I like we might get it. We might be getting into what if the Yankees actually trade Joey Gallo with the trade deadline?
0: Like, yeah,
1: seriously, why not?
0: Yeah, potential. I mean, he doesn't have if yeah. If you have Judge Stanton,
1: like they had, they can. So they can clearly survive without his his production. Why not? Like, and they probably have other options they can put in the outfield. I know that Aaron Hicks hasn't exactly been that. But, like, no. what if they – like, I know a lot of Yankee fans want them to trade for Andrew Benatendi. Yeah. Like, you, you trade for Benatendi, you put him in Gallo's place, you trade Gallo for even – like, you could even play a seller role and get prospects for him.
0: Yeah, I think the only problem with that would be, like, he's only got one year – you yeah. know, this he year. He doesn't have a lot of
1: value, but there could be a team out there that's like, you know what, we've seen what he can do and we, we're making a playoff push. Like – what if? What about the White Sox? Right, like they have they have Leori Garcia playing right fields. They're a team that needs reinforcement in the offense. Yeah, and I seems like a a, I guess they've and done. Like, done a one, don't one, get me wrong. I don't think year. I don't think Joey Gallo. You're getting like top 100 prospects for him. I mean, the Yankees didn't even get a top 100 prospect or didn't have to give up a top 100 prospect for him last year. Yeah. But you know, you can give up a you can get something for him because he obviously hasn't given you much. And there are other places where you can seek uh, the kind of, the kind of talent he has, because like you already have judge and Stanton who have very similar play styles. It's not like, you know, that, that absence of walk rate and a lot of home runs is going to be lost on that team.
0: Yeah. That'd be interesting for sure. Um, If, if the Yankees like sold one piece, like in in a uh in a deadline where i imagined they would be mostly buying um mm-hmm. all right well um yeah by the way the trade deadline is probably gonna be so disappointing this year after last year's one
1: oh yeah 100 it's gonna But be, like it's not even fair like it's, it's not, not even fair. a fair thing to because we were also <laughs> like we were also in a fun setting for last year's trade deadline
0: yeah <laughs> uh like,
1: yeah. we were yeah literally
0: most of the trades were happening like on a car ride
1: on a car ride and also in a vacation house
0: yeah oh man yeah that's where that's that vacation house is where i found out red sox are getting austin davis <laughs> unbelievable yeah. places places like t- deals like that you just remember where i remember
1: were. i remember sitting at that counter seeing uh jeff pa- like i got a notification from jeff pass and in all caps i did not tweet that and it was uh, when Bob Nightingale fell for the uh, like the Jeff with three X pass, and between so that the Yankees traded for Chris Bryant.
0: <laughs> oh my God!
1: Legendary, probably the best moment of it. Like that's the only way this trade deadline can surpass last year is if we, is if we have another one of those moments, maybe two.
0: Yeah, if we get two, yeah, that that surpasses all the, you know, Max Scherzer, yeah. Trey Turner, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier, Javier Baez, Pedro
1: Armstrong. Jose all that barrios. all them being moved yeah
0: it's, and jose barrios like all those guys you know what's
1: very funny is we talk about the twins like when we talked about them last year it's like well you know you don't have jose barrios so you're probably punching next year they're good they're good this year and they'd probably be worse with jose barrios given his <laughs> performance so this true. year which is very funny
0: yeah which oh, not that God. like
1: austin martin has kind of plummeted as a prospect since and I haven't checked on Woods Richardson in a while, but still, like, yeah, you could say they won that deal just based on Barrios.
0: Yeah, and they're not paying him. They're not going to be paying him 127 million. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, all right, that should do it for the 186th installment of replacement Radio. Uh, we hope you coming enjoyed- up on
1: a coming up on 200. By the way.
0: Yeah, coming up on 200, we're gonna have another draft sometime this summer. Yes, we are. Um, let me, So that'll let me be check fun.
1: Awesome. I think. Dates.
0: I think. Um, I think the last time I checked, it lined up with around the uh, NECBL All Star game, so we'll probably have to do oh. it before then. Um, but I mean, it's yeah. It's well,
1: we'll just we'll just timeless. release it as 200 and do it's it timeless whenever. draft. Yeah, and we already know what the topic's going to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we've already selected it. Um, so that'll be fun, yeah. Two hundred um, is uh, is somewhat around the corner, you know, almost almost two months away. Um, so that is gonna be fun. Um, so we hope you enjoy this one. If uh, if, you're, if you if uh, you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio uh if you want to follow us on social media follow me on twitter at chris and follow daniel on both twitter and instagram at daniel underscore current and follow the show instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you uh on monday or tuesday next week where we will be talking all the happenings in major league baseball once again see you then this conversation this conversation is over is over